Hello, and welcome to the Lakeland Magic Down the Road Podcast. I am your host, Kamran Fuadi. As we get ready to gear for the regular season to start in the NBA G League, I have the pleasure of speaking with our associate head coach, Johnny Taylor, who was drafted by the Orlando Magic in 1997, played in the early days of the D League, and also his years overseas. Thank you for tuning in, and enjoy the episode. What you got for me? You got some hidden questions for me? What you got? I, I don't want to tell you the questions yet because then it'll be a little bit different. So it's the Down the Road Podcast. We're here at episode two. Host Kamran Fulati, my guest today, Johnny Taylor. Johnny, thank you so much for joining pleasure, us, man. Pleasure, Thanks for having me. So your title is the Associate Coach for the Lakeland Magic. Is that correct, yes. sir? Yes. All right. So we'll go with a couple other questions first other than basketball because, okay. you know, everybody just talked about basketball in these podcasts. And I know, right? We get right? to know the real Johnny Taylor. Let's do it. Outside of basketball. So first off, man, what are you? Netflix, Hulu, HBO Max? Or are you still rocking cable TV? I don't, I don't know no, how you roll. I'm over the cable TV. I'm definitely Netflix and HBO Max. Yeah. Hulu is annoying because it's trying to, it's like a, it's like a virus. It's trying to take over all my other Apps. All right. You know, what I mean? like you punch on one app, like, well, you can watch it with Hulu. I don't want to watch it with Hulu. I want to watch my Netflix. I want to watch my HBO Max. So, what are you watching currently? You got any shows? Uh, I was just finished watching. Uh, what is it called? Uh, it's the spinoff to the Game of Thrones. Oh, I know what you're talking about. I haven't watched it at all. I wasn't a big Game of Thrones guy. Really? See, oh God. I tried like an episode. I didn't get too much into it. No, Game of Thrones is where it's at. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. Game of Thrones. I love it. Cool, man. Um. You watching any movies lately, or is it just TV shows for you? I watched Bullet Train with uh, Brad Pitt. Okay. That was hilarious. Nice. Was I'll check movie. that one out. Yeah, you got to check it out. Bullet yeah, Train is pretty good. And uh, what's the last movie I watched? Uh, I can't think about it. Oh, uh, Beast with uh, Idris Elba, but some huge lion. They was fighting in, a, in the desert somewhere. You know, they was on a trip with his kids and some rogue lion. Kind of remind me of Cujo. You ever seen Cujo? I've not seen Cujo, but I know what it is. Just yeah. a hair before my time. Yeah. Sense. Well, I dated myself on yeah. that one, but still. Uh, hey, ain't that much older. I was born in '91. '91. I, I, I was yeah. born in '74. I know, I know, but I was around when you still got drafted. I, I, there we go. I, memories of of your playing years and whatnot. Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, you've been in Orlando, obviously, for a long time. Yes. A lot of your life has been cemented in Orlando, whether it's because of your basketball career. Are you Universal? Are you Disney? Are you SeaWorld? Or are you not really in any of the parks? I am Universal and I am SeaWorld. Universal I've been here. I've had a resident here in Orlando for 25 years. I think I've only been to Disney maybe four times. Wow. Yeah. I'm more of a eyes of adventure, universal guy. Just more to do, you know. And then I, you know, I have children, so they get more, more out of going to Universal and SeaWorld. SeaWorld has the new water park over there too, so it's real kid friendly. Yeah. And uh, the crowds are not as bad as going to Disney. Yeah, Disney is intense. A lot of money too. Yeah, it's a lot of money for less bank. Yeah, you know? I agree. I'm a universal person myself. Yeah. My wife and I go to Universal all the time. Yeah, I'm a more bang for my buck kind of guy. Yeah, you know? and so 25 years ago, you're in Central Florida. Mm-hmm. I mean, gosh, you bought the house at the right time to buy a house in Orlando. I, I bought mine in July, and I'll tell you what. Not the right time. Not the <laughs> no, right no, time. My, my house probably costs more, and it's half the size. I'm trying to tell you. No, I bought that one. I sold that one actually when the first recession started, before it started, when the market was going up. Yeah. And then bought the one I've been in now for... What year is this? 2022 right now. 14 years. 14 years. Wow. Yeah. Man, that's awesome. Yeah, man. So let's let's get let's get into your uh, playing days. When you first come here, I think there's an obvious answer to this. But why number 17 when you get drafted by the Magic? Ha, that's hilarious. Julius Irvin. Really? Yeah. 
Yeah, we was having a conversation. He was like, you know, you know, you're 17 pick, you should wear number 17. And I was like, all right, that would be different. You know, it'd be a different thing to wear the number that you got drafted at. And I wore it, and I got to tell you, I hated it. <laughs> I hated it. You know, and I'm not a 23 guy. I won 23 in college, but it was by default. I'm a Dominique Wilkins guy. All right. 21 is the number I wanted to wear. I wore it in high school. But when I got to UT Chattanooga, it wasn't available. Well, I'll tell you what, a guy had it, but he didn't want to give it to me. So I was like, whatever. So I went to the next number, which was 23. Yeah. You know I mean? So I should have just kept the 23 when I got here. But I didn't. I wore 17. Wore it for like two and a half years. Got traded back to Orlando. And then I went back to my 23. Yeah. So let's let's think about this really quick. My 17. We're gonna stop there. Cool that you got to talk to Dr. J about it. I mean, to yeah. you, that must have been like one of your heroes. That's your oh, it, it right was, in your time he, frame. He was, he was he was working here with Orlando when I got here. So it was great to be able to have a conversation with him. Yeah. Um, I don't want to say our plans are are identical, but two really athletic guys when he was in his prime, they were kind of. You know, talk about how to use my athleticism. Can you name anyone that's worn number 17? Not with Orlando, because Orlando, it's really tough. There's only four players that have ever worn it, number including 17. you. So in Lakeland, can you name anybody that's worn 17 in Lakeland? In Lakeland? Yeah. No. No? No, it's in Lakeland? Yeah. You don't know anybody that wore 17? No, I, I thought I was about the only one. You thought you were the only one. All right, Who Lakeland. Wore 17? I mean, we'll, we'll, see if any of, we'll see if any of them would want to. Spouting. I know they know someone that wears 17. In Lakeland? Yeah. I don't think anybody wore 17 in Lakeland, did they? There's a guard on the team that currently wears 17. Right now? Yes. Does Joel wear 17? Yes, Joel wears Joel 17. 17. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got another one. So you've been in Lakeland for a while, so now I have to ask you about another one. Yeah. Which I'm kind of shocked you didn't get either one of these because they're both really big time right. players for Lakeland. Yeah, I thought about that, but Joel, a, he's a one-off guy. Yeah, yeah. Iggy Brastakis. He did wear 17. Yes, he did. Or at least maybe with Orlando. I don't know if he wore 17 with Lakeland as well. Because I know sometimes players will switch he that. might have, but he did wear 17. Yeah, Iggy. All right. Yeah, so, Iggy. 23. We talked about 23 a little bit. Yeah. That was a number that you got kind of gifted to you. Not right. really the number you wanted. You wanted 21. 21, yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, 23. I can only think of one other notable Magic player that comes to mind. With 23. 23. Very small stint. Played at the Dwight Howard era, the tail end of it. A dunker. A dunker? Dunker. Great dunker. Came from the West Coast originally. Or at least in NBA standards. His, his team that he's known for is the West Coast is a dunker. Really? Yeah. Huh. A dunker? Yeah. On Orlando's team? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the tail end of Dwight's time. So it's not like it wasn't the finals, it was after the finals. Aaron Gordon did what 23 did he? No, he never played with Dwight either. He didn't, yeah. No. And this guy played in the West Coast as as a as an NBA player. That's where he really solidified. He won dunk contests off the West Coast team like Oh, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Jason Richardson. Jay Rich, yeah. Jay Rich. 23, anybody Jay from Rich. uh from Lakeland that comes to mind. What 23? Yeah. If it's from previous years, I forgot. I don't think anybody wore 23 this year, do they? No. I don't think this year, but there's someone that previously did. Previous year, 23? Was it Melvin? I don't know what Melvin was in Orlando. Mm -mm. 
Rivers, who, who you got? Dick Law. Dick Law, damn, 123. <laughs> he killed me if you hear this podcast because he was one of my guys to work with. Right <laughs> Another one that I'm very confident, I do remember him coming up, and this could be my lack of magic knowledge right. here, but Jordan Bone played with Lake Wind as well, correct? Jordan Bone, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so he wore 23. I remember him playing yeah. a couple stints with Tennessee. Orlando as well, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah Jordan <laughs> Bone, yeah. he actually did, yeah. So, Vic is gonna kill me. Yeah, definitely gonna get you on that one. He's gonna kill me, absolutely. So, I hear people talking all the time about their draft experience. Right. But, you know, as a fan, you never really get to see the inside mm-hmm. of it and truly what it's like. And I didn't start watching a draft until, you know, mid 2000s, right. about the time that it really catches my attention. Because right. I'm only 31, you know, right. so 20s right. about. Mm-hmm. So, we're looking at that. What was your draft experience like? From beginning like leading up to the draft or yeah let's step back let's go to your college experience because your college experience is different than the traditional first round picks college experience a little bit bit, let's talk about it tell tell me where your college life starts off where you go from high school to college Drake's Trump yeah yeah we 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 share the same junior college okay yeah he went to Indian Hills and so did I so uh my college experience so um high school was pretty good in high school was uh not on anyone's radar. Uh, started as a 5'9 uh, sophomore, 10th grader. By the time I graduated, I was 5'9. I was 5'9 point guard in the 10th grade. Oh my gosh. Uh, <laughs> by the time I graduated, I was a 6'6 small forward. And, uh, but I was on, went on anyone's radar. So I ended up leaving, after I graduated, I went NAIA Division three to Knoxville College, is where I played my freshman year. But by the time I walked into my freshman, on the campus my freshman year, I was 6'8". So, I could play, was all right, but I, I always had ambitions of playing Division One basketball. So I went there, I played, and I tried to get, you probably don't remember this guy, Wade Houston, Allen Houston's dad, that coached in Tennessee. Do not. Anyway, he saw me, was kind of intrigued, and he was like, uh, maybe, you know, come up here for a trial, whatever the case may be, and he gets fired. So that doesn't happen. So I come back home and I went to Hawassi Community College in Madisonville, Tennessee, only for a semester. Okay. Because that school was known for getting people to Division I schools. Um, that didn't work out. They already had their team set. So no way I was going to break their team. So I went home and started working for a year and a half. So wow. I was in third shift. Uh, yarn, yarn mill, spinning yarn. But I would always go up to the campus UT because that's where I'm from, from Chattanooga. So can I interject really quick? Sure. You're going back and you're working. Yeah. Are your MBA dreams and all that kind of stuff kind of shattered at that point, thinking I'm back to working a regular job? And mm-hmm. Or are they just diminishing a little bit? Well, I, never, I never had, at that point, I didn't have MBA dreams. At that point, growing up in Chattanooga, Tennessee, we thought playing Division One basketball was everything. Okay. So I wanted to play D1 basketball. So that's, what, that's where it started. So now let me go back a little. So my senior in high school, there was an assistant coach there named Henry Dickinson, loving. He wanted to send me to junior college here in Florida, in Lake City, Lake City Community College. But being young and you know a country boy from Chicago, I didn't want to go six hours from home. Yeah, that's how I ended up going to Knoxville College. Fast forward, we're in like fall of '93 now. I graduated in '92. We're in fall of '93, early January of '94, and I'm working third shift. I've been working for a while. So I worked like in January all the way until about late July, I'm working. But I'm going up to campus. I'm playing against their guys up there, you know what I mean? I'm absolutely destroying their guys up there. Coach Dickerson sees me again, he comes down, he's like, hey son, where have you been, what have you been doing? I'm like, coach, I've been working. 
and he immediately goes to work trying to get me in school at UT. But because I've been out of school for a year and a half, I really didn't have the grades at the time, they couldn't get me in. Picks up his phone on like a Wednesday, calls his best friend in Indian Hills Community College in Iowa. He said, I got a kid, I need to get him, I need, I need to get him back. Friends agree, sight unseen. It's on a Wednesday. Sunday evening, I'm on an airplane flying to uh, Ottumwa, Iowa to go to Indian Hills. Long story short, go to Indian Hills, have a massive amount of offers to like just by any school of my choosing. But because Henry Dickinson looked out for me and got me back in school, I came back. Just went out there, I was second team All-American. Could have went UCLA, Cincinnati, but I came back to Chattanooga and uh, UT Chattanooga. That worked out. We. Uh, did okay my junior year, my senior year, we go to the Sweet 16. Only team in that school history that ever made it past the first round. Go to the Sweet 16, losing against Austin Crochier from uh, Providence and God Shamcott. And that's where the story started to be, be written, my senior year. I started right. getting uh, the scout story coming in. So at this point beforehand, you're not really thinking NBA. It's by this time, it's on, by the time I get back to Chattanooga, now it's on my mind because I'm having success at the D1 level. Stop it. <laughs> you know, They're all just jealous trying to get in. Yeah. I, I picked you for a certain reason. We'll get to that I in a moment. It. So by this time, you know, I know scouts are coming to the game and my stock is rising. So now I'm thinking, uh, thinking well, maybe, you know, NBA is a realistic thing. But it wasn't until we made it to the NCAA tournament, start cracking Big Ten teams, Big East teams. And I'm like, yeah, this is real this is a possibility. It's not even just a possibility. You, you're a high pick. Like yeah. in, in regards to what most people ever get out yeah. of an NBA world, I mean, you're a high pick. Absolutely. You're 17th. You're Absolutely. in the first round. You're first a first round, round pick. Yeah. That's extremely tough because some people will go ahead and declare for the draft. They go undrafted, which is, I yeah. think, much more common this day and age yeah. than it was in 1997 yeah. because we have, you know, even a D-League right. at that point. But, you know, people will go second yeah. round. But I didn't know. And they had me slotted anywhere from like early first from like ninth to tenth to the second round it was a really large sliding scale so you just didn't know yeah no internet back then where people no. helping hype you up no internet might have done wonders one but you, you can't complain at where i landed of course. and orlando from from what i was told after the fact was really really silent in, in that whole process because once i started going to work out with teams a lot of teams voiced their interest oh you know they were really interested we don't think you're going to be there when we pick or uh, if you're there, great, we, we may take you. Detroit was really interested. I know for a fact that Detroit was thinking about taking me at 19. So were you in the green room on draft night? No. I, now, my, my representative at the time told me that I did get an invite. I don't have confirmation of that. But I had just decided because it was such a big sliding scale, mm -hmm. I didn't want to be one of those guys that's sitting there, sitting there, sitting there. Yeah, when you're my name called, so. pick 46 and you're yeah, sitting there at the table, last man standing. I think that's just horrible. So I just had at my grandmother's house, God rest her soul, we just had like a little family get together over there. It's probably about 100 people. And we just, we just hung out and cooked. And some of my cousins came over and my immediate family. But I would think that might be even cooler than going to the green room, because the green room, you're only having you yeah. know two, three people next to your agent, no, maybe a coach or like your mom, your dad, whoever it may no. be, your grandmother, and but being back at home yeah. and that you know from a small area like yourself, yeah. you said you know, yeah. it was it was it was great. That has to be a really cool feeling. Because as soon as they got to the tenth pick, kept turning the camera on, putting it in my face, you just didn't you didn't know. Yeah, I thought Milwaukee. John Hammond and those boys up there. <laughs> I thought Milwaukee at 10, but they went a different way than I thought. Indiana at 12, they really love Austin Crochier. I said, well, maybe Cleveland at 13 and 16. 
But then outside of that, I said, okay, if it's not Detroit at 19, I think it was Seattle at 21. Outside of that, I didn't have a clue about anything else. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't know. I did know that Orlando said that because I had hurt my uh, my groin in my I went to Miami before I came to Orlando to work out. You know, Pat Riley was like a tyrant with conditioning and doing all these drills, and my groin was kind of sore. And I do remember you saying a ball came off the rim, hit this side, came over this side, and I just like climbed over somebody's back and just dunked it. And they was like, damn, he's able to do that with a hurt groin? I said, they, they kind of like solidified it for him, but they didn't say anything. This yeah. is what I heard. The only what I heard, don't know how much truth it is, this is what I heard. John Gabriel was shaming the time frame, was, I think, right? Yeah. He was. I love John. Love them taking a chance on me. I love it. Yeah, of course. You got to have the respect for that. And Absolutely. then, I mean, when you hear your name going to Orlando, it's 1997. There's a bunch of players still here. It's still a really good team. I mean, you find yeah. out you're going to play a penny. Yeah. You got Horace Grant still yeah. on the team, yeah. you know, and you still have Nick Anderson's mm -hmm. on there. I'm trying oh, to think about. I mean, yeah, that team in general just yeah. has a lot of good They're players very on it. Strong. Mark Price, Derek Harper. We had a nice crew of guys. Did you have a vet? So Daryl Armstrong and Gerald Wilkins would have been my vets. Did they make you do any kind of rookie duties? I don't know what was happening in uh, 1997 as opposed to, like I said, more of my knowledge right, comes from the mid-2000s. Right, right. Well, they were my vets from a standpoint where they always just trying to pump information into me, you know, like giving me like the, what to do's and what not to do's. Uh, Horace Grant was probably my vet, had me like bringing him things, you know what I mean, special things that he might need it, you know what I mean, from whether it's food to various things from wherever. You know, he, he would have been that guy. Derek Harper wouldn't let me carry his bags. He was like, don't worry about you. I don't feel like I did. You know, he'd been around for, for many, many years. Uh, but nothing too crazy. Uh, they didn't kick all the balls in the stands and make me and Jason Lawson go get them. They didn't do anything like that. It was just really carrying bags, bringing breakfast and stuff like that. Simple things. Yeah, it was simple. It wasn't too bad. But it was cold in New York. We had to get off that plane <laughs> and grab all the bags and put them on. Yeah, you're from the, the South. Bus. I'm from Chicago, yeah. so I know yeah, cold. Chicago, too. Oh, you know, yeah, it, I know it, cold. It was definitely cold. But, I, you know, those things are very humbling, too, though. You know what I mean? It's like a rite of passage. Yeah. You know, so I don't know if a lot of guys now don't even have to go through it. You know, I mean, coming to the league now is just like, whatever. You know, just do what you do because they're not – it's not a lot of vet, vet, vet guys in the league. You got the Terrence Rosses, he's a vet. Yeah. You know, but a lot of guys are – That makes me feel old because I think I'm the same age as Terrence. Yeah. I might even be a year older than Terrence. So. Right. But, you know, you got a guy that's 24. Hell, he's been in the league for seven years already. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, what are you going to do? So definitely. Is there anything that you take from that rookie year that you still use? Any advice that you give to any of your current players? Yeah, definitely. Um, Chuck Daly said to me, he's like, you know, every chance you get to step on the court, think of it as your last time ever stepping on the court and then provide the appropriate effort. You understand what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. don't take for granted that you're going to be here tomorrow to practice or the next week to practice. You're going to be with this team tomorrow. Today is today. There's no other day. Tomorrow, anything, today. So when you come to practice, you work your behind off today. You know what I mean? Treat it like it's the last time you ever play. And I think if you do that, then you're gonna you're gonna give the effort, you know, the dive on the floor, the defensive effort, the offensive effort, the film, you're gonna do all those things and then the next day repeat the same cycle. Yeah, because yeah. I mean you certainly know how it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can it can come and go at any time. Quickly. Anything in life can come and go at any time, and you can use that for any analogy. Basketball, having a chance to be in the NBA. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's only been, what, 4,000, 5,000 people ever in the NBA. It's really crazy. That was a weird, I saw that about three weeks ago, and I didn't know that. Yeah. 
then I, then I thought, I said, well, shit, I guess I'm a little honored to be one of the 4,500, whatever it is, yeah. but it's crazy. That's a, such a small number for as long as the league been around. I mean, think about that. It's, I mean, not even 10% of like the Amway's capacity no. can ever fit all the players ever in the NBA throughout yeah. the history of it. The history of the NBA. Yeah. It's some crazy number like that. I remember seeing that a few years back, and I had really been mind-blown by it. And yeah. then when you go into the new Orlando Magic practice facility mm -hmm. and you see, like, the area where it has all the players that have ever played, yeah. and you go, oh, what section of players is this? Yeah, I, I thought what it was up? more than that, but it's, it's yeah. crazy. It, it that looks so tiny when you see it on that list. That's <laughs> amazing. You know, so instantly I had a feeling of just humility just thinking about that. I'm like, okay, three years in and out, but I'm one of 4,500. You know, so. Three years is longer than a lot of other people, which <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, but, but it is. Yeah, I mean, some players they never make it past the first contract, and that's tough. And then, I mean, the players sustain any kind of success mm -hmm. that you have in life, no matter what it be. If it's, you know, a musician, right. if it's an NBA player, if it's right. an actor, it, it takes a lot to be able to sustain it, it because does. It what, does. getting there is hard work, yeah. but then sustaining it is an even different step. It's that a bigger you would, task. Yeah, nothing like you would ever imagine. Right. And with you, you were around at the very early stages of the D-League as well. You played mm -hmm. in the D-League for a little bit. How long did you play? I was there for a month. A I month. Was, All right, very, very short time. Yeah, it, it was a very different time. I was coming back from uh, the Trailblazers that just released me. I was four years in now. Did my three. Went overseas for a year, came back, signed with Portland. Had a very good run with them in the summer, into training camp but they decided to keep their draft picks. So right after that, uh, I went home for a couple of weeks and ended up going to the Roanoke Dazzle. I, think, I don't even remember how many teams was in the D-League at that time. I think like eight maybe? Were they like NBA affiliates how they are nowadays no, or no? No, they were yeah. just whatever. Yeah. Uh, it might have been one team, I'm not sure, but the Roanoke Dazzle wasn't affiliated with anyone. And I went there and uh, it was a good time. I just narrowly missed a call up when I went there. Because back then I think they only called up one person a month or Wow. Something like that. Every few weeks, like one person got called up today. They wouldn't do any more call-ups for at least, you know, a month or something like that. And I narrowly missed getting a call-up. So good times. About a month. You know, again, more humility, teaching how hard it is. But once you're out, it's kind of hard to get back into. Yeah. We <laughs> so I used to be in the music industry for a long time. Really? I was pretty much like what I would call like a G, a two-way G League player. Uh -huh. I was on all, all the big tours, but always as an opener. So I would really? go in and out a lot. What'd you play? I played bass. I was in a metal band. I played throughout nice. uh, 15 countries, 48 really? states. Did it for a long time. Went from 17 to I was 26. Wow. So it You're was done cool. With it now. Oh yeah, I'm, I'm done with it now. You know, partially it's. I'm sure you felt the same way, traveling around the world, right. trying to make it happen. Being gone, I was gone nine months a year, every yeah. year. You mm -hmm. know, away from family. Right. My mother got sick. Uh, eventually passed away, and I was in, like my last year. Thank you. And it was in my last year of touring. I kind of quit at that point. She mm -hmm. wanted me to still stay out because she knew I loved it. Right. But it was at the point of where I'm just like, you know, I've, I've missed so much mm -hmm. of that part of my life that you don't realize you're missing because you're young and you think you have to be out here having all this fun. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of taking a step back and, mm -hmm. you know, letting that go, letting it breathe for a minute. But, you know, like I said, it, it's tough being gone all the time. And it's character builders, what I would call them. Because yeah. you go play one show, you have, you yeah. know, 2,000 people there. Yeah. You feel awesome. You're mm -hmm. in a big city. Then you have some random C market you go to. Uh, 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 and now you're playing in front of 100 people. Yeah, sometimes 12 people. And then we would say, you know, hey, character put a, builder. Put on the show. <laughs> Someone paid money to come here tonight, I'm mate. Put on the show. Yeah. But that's one of the reasons I, I retired. Even though I had played a total of 15 years and I was 38. But that last year didn't have the same... Uh, didn't have the same excitement just because 
have been gone so long, missing family, kids were growing up, uh, parents were doing various things you wanted to be involved in. Yeah. So I, I could have played another couple of years, but it was, it was just time to stop. It's just been, you know, once I left the league and started doing the European tour, it was just time to give it up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, you played a long time overseas as well, a long time, most yeah. of your career. Yeah. So how different is the G League today comparison to D-League when you did it? I just want to hear, because you're in the infantile stages of D-League, and it still even feels like we're in the infantile stages of G-League. Right. And what we're seeing, it, you know, it's just right. building and building and building already. Right. So, I mean, coaching staffs, everything that's involved when you were in D-League at that point as opposed to now. Listen, when I was playing in the D-League, compared to what these guys have right now in the G League, I mean, it's night and day. It's literally, it's literally like the NBA almost. You know, you got the way Orlando operates. Let me just use what I know here, you know, just with the style of play, what's available to the players, you know, even travel. Like we traveled by buses back then, you know what I mean? There were no plane rides, unless you had to go to like, who was it, like, uh, I forget the team that was in Mexico. I don't remember the name of the team, but not Mexico. Uh, Somewhere on the West Coast. I forget okay. where it was. I don't remember all those teams, but... Some of those can be far drives, so you have yeah, to fly on occasion. Yeah, but it's, it's, just, it's just completely different. And these guys have so much readily available to them just from a medical standpoint. Uh, even the gyms that we've had. We're blessed this year to be playing here in Orlando. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, we didn't... Even our housing back then was just crazy. You know, I mean, we were sharing an apartment with a guy, but it's like... It just wasn't good housing, if, yeah. that, if that makes sense. You know, these guys stay in really nice housing things now. So we got a full coaching staff. We had, like, we had a head coach and, like, one assistant back then, you know what I mean, <laughs> trying to figure out and navigate what we're going to do for practice every day. And half the people who work for the team were all probably volunteers. That's it. That's <laughs> it. And, and the biggest thing, even though these guys are probably not happy with what they're getting paid today, but, you know, as a regular standard GD guy, you make 35000 Yeah. Back then? They had A, B, and C. If you was an A guy, I was an A guy because I was coming from the NBA. I only made 2,200, you know what I mean? <laughs> which, was, which was crazy, you know? So it's still, it's growing. I love what they're doing. I, I think if they'd have had it when I got drafted, this, this G League yeah. was around when I got drafted, I highly doubt that I would ever play overseas at all. Oh yeah, I'm sure it would have been extremely beneficial. I see. You know, I mean, it's almost like 40% of NBA players currently yeah. have G League experience. Yeah. You yeah. know, just even if it's for even how we've had with players like Jonathan Isaac come down mm -hmm. and Obama come down, mm -hmm. and, you know, just trying to ramp mm -hmm. you up and get you ready back for that NBA level playing. That availability is, is you can't, it's priceless. And, you know, the NBA and G League is all about developing now. Yeah. You know, the NBA that I came into, they wanted you to be ready made. Yeah. You know, and if you were not ready made, you kind of fell behind, you know, and I can sit here and honestly, I can say, you know, when I came in, I had the physical tools, but it still needed to be developed, if that makes sense. Yeah, you know? of course. So, but by the time it got developed, you know, they was already moving on to the next thing. So the fight to try to get back in was like, it's not going to happen. Yeah, nowadays it's all about yeah. what the person's potential is. Where can right. their ceiling be? We'll right. sign them over to a second contract, even right. if they performed, right. you know, very minimally. Yeah. But we'll give them a second contract because we've yeah. already invested this time into their first four years. Exactly. And we want to see what that potential can be. They'll yeah. say, you know, all the time, you can't teach people how to be taller, you can't teach, teach wingspan. Yeah. <laughs> you can teach people how to dribble and shoot. And the, they'll take the, a lot of time. The wingspan is hilarious to me. Like, 
tell somebody got long arms, I mean, they're going to be great defensively. It's about <laughs> the effort. Defense, I don't care what, big, small, in the middle, fat, whatever. Defense is all about effort. It's 100% about your effort. Yeah. You know, if you go out there and you put in the effort and you want to play defense and you want to understand the concept, you'll do it. Yeah. It doesn't matter about how big all your wingspan is. Anyway, <laughs> it's one of those things, but, you know, it's just crazy, you know. But definitely, I think if it was around then with the development, they'd be looking at potential back then. Yeah, I would have got to the second and third contract based on potential. Oh, yeah. You know, having people just really take time and really develop what you're doing, you know, you'll be able to pop quick. I was a quick, I was a fast learner. So let's circle back to being from Tennessee. Have you ever visited Orlando growing up at all? No. Nope. Beforehand? So your first time coming to Orlando is off the plane on draft night. I had never been past Georgia or I think the fourth north I had been was uh, Ohio. I had family in Ohio. But before I left Chattanooga, nothing past making. Yeah. Definitely not Florida. So what were your first impressions when you came to Orlando? City's much different at that point. Mm. The city's had a massive boom in the oh past, gosh, you know, even since from the time you came here in 97, yeah. even from the past three years ago, yeah, different. Orlando has just had a massive boom. So what is it like with your first impressions when you come to Orlando? I, you get on the phone, you call mom, whoever. I love it. It's beautiful down here. I guess the point that sticks out most in my mind, my first Christmas here, my, all my family came down, it was 85 degrees. Yeah. yeah I'm like, okay. It's Christmas time. People got lights up. It doesn't feel like Christmas, you know. And then every day is like sunny or partly cloudy or whatever. You lose track of what day it is. Yeah, I did. You know, I don't know what day. It is. Every day seems the same, as if being up north somewhere the days seem different. Like you know what a Monday is, know what a Tuesday is, but you know a Monday feels like a weekend at the beach here in Florida. Yeah, it, it definitely can. You know. Uh, when I tell anybody, because they always say, oh, Chicago is so beautiful when I go for three months out of the year. Yeah. Because I'll tell you right now, you don't want to go out there leaving work and having to heat up your car for 30 minutes and then uh, scrape the ice off your windshield. That's, that's not fun, I'll tell you right so, now. I did it in Russia for three years. Oh my gosh, yeah. I saw, yeah, you played in Russia, you played Korea. Mm -hmm. where, where all have you played? I mean, I'm sure you've told the story, listed it to everybody 10 yeah, times. Well, I have to try to remember it. Because the places I've played, that I was actually on that team in that country would probably would be Italy, Russia, Spain, Dubai, Bahrain, Korea, Japan, Philippines. I know I'm missing somewhere. That Russia. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing somewhere else outside of that. But within that time of being on those various teams, I visited Syria, Jordan, Iran, Turkey. Saudi and Finland, Portugal. Like the only place I think I have not been, have not been to Germany. You know, I did go to Germany when I was in Russia, went to Germany. I have not been to Greece. Isn't it crazy just to think back from when you're sitting in your driveway throwing up your first shots at a basketball could take you all the way over there, and take it you is. all around the world and, and get paid for it too, yeah. you know? Yeah, it's, it's fascinating. To, yeah. I mean, I don't, well, I guess baseball could do that, maybe. But I don't know many sports that can just, soccer for sure. Oh, yes. But uh, I don't know many sports that can take you around the world. Man. Yeah. I mean, I've been so many places that I forget. And again, I don't even have a lot of photos from all these places to remember half the places I've been. Yeah. You know, which had Instagram and all this stuff been around, I have a ton of them. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's all disposable cameras back then for yeah, the most part. And yeah, you get tired of getting things developed, you know, the, the picture comes out all grainy, Yep. you know, but yeah, I've, I've been quite a few places and to think about that is definitely, again, it's humbling and it's a blessing.
So I wanted to bring a gift for you today. I couldn't find it. I went to Walmart this morning. And I was really <laughs> bummed because to me it was the point where I said I need to bring this guy on the podcast right away. Right. What's up with Starburst, man? <laughs> <laughs> I like Starburst, man. You know what I mean? It's like I'm a candy eater by nature. You know what I mean? And since we don't have any gummy bears right there, you know, the Starburst take the, they do the next step. And now... You know, being a formal player, you know, you do things and then some good happens, you want to keep doing it. Now I've been eating the yellow ones and we've been playing really well. So I got to make sure all the yellow ones stay over there. You know what I mean? Even in our RGV, it was winning. I was eating the yellow ones. And I went back over there, there were no more yellow ones. Hell, we start losing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is the whole team superstitious about this or is this just you? No, I, you know, I think sometimes with me, it's just like, I don't know. Uh, when, I, when I was a player, I always wear three pair of socks. You know what I mean? They had to be just above my ankle, just the right weight. If one sock was like way up here or something, I had to take my shoe off and like fix it. You know what I mean? It's like small, subtle things. I had to play in, 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 in the tights. You know, I couldn't play just anything else on. It just didn't feel right. It's all, for me, it's all about a feel. And, and I think to a certain degree, I still do that now. And it just so happened I started eating the yellow ones and we started, we won two in a row. Okay, let's just stay with this. <laughs> we were cracking up on the broadcast when we were calling the game the other night because you go, man, I need to start eating some yellow Starbursts because they're kicking our butts right now. Whenever I eat the Starbursts, they don't kick our butts. And you start popping them in and sure enough, we start smoking Mexico City. And I, and I was wondering when we were playing RGV the other night, I, I was wondering, I'm like, yeah, I was right over there. JT got his yellow starburst. Yeah, I, I wonder right what's there. happening right got now. The yellow star. I look right in there. Oh, yes. Let me get that one. Let me get that one. Absolutely. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, I got I got a bunch of weird psychobabble stuff I would do to like lock in. It was just crazy. So That's we've talked about a, a lot of these things today. We've had a bunch of great conversations. Mm -hmm. um, Honestly, I've been really excited to have you on the podcast really? right away. Oh, my gosh. I mean, this has been cooler than I even thought it was going to be. Well, I appreciate you, that. Great stories that come all around with you, JT. Yeah, it's a lot. You've been with Lakeland. Have you been here since the inception? No, I came in year two. Year so this two. is my fifth year. They've been here six years now. I've been here five of the six. Yeah. And how have you even seen it grow from Lakeland on day one to Lakeland now? Oh, I mean, just the fact that we've able to be able to add more staff. You know, we've... Uh, what was they really like are investing in us, which I absolutely love. It's a tribute to how good of an organization the Magic is. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And now they've even taken an extended reach by bringing us here. You know, so it's like it's it's steadily growing. Which means they they value everything that we do um, collectively. You know, which is great. So I'm I'm really enjoying the ride. I'm really thankful that they uh, think enough of me to have me around. You yeah. Know, and, um, like so I just try to give back as much as possible. Just little trinkets that I've learned over the years, I'll speak about it. Because a lot of times with me, the message is not necessarily in exit and O's. The message is in like an experience that you've been through. You can share that experience yeah. and, and help them visually see that experience and then maybe keep them from dropping into a particular pitfall that you may have dropped into. Awesome. Yeah, it's great. Well, thank you so much for coming on here today, well, JT. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you for having I'll me. I'll see you at the games Absolutely. coming up. The Universal, all the cool things you like in Central Florida. Uh, so great having you on. Appreciate your time, buddy. Yeah, man. We're going to make sure the Starburst is there this weekend because yeah. we owe RGV. Yeah, we you know, do. Two in a row. I hated that. We gotta, but we got to get back. We get back, we still give ourselves a chance. 
that's that's most important. So, no, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Conrad Fulati of the Lakeland Magic Down the Road Podcast. If you're an Orlando Magic fan, take the trip down the road to Lakeland, check out a home game of ours, and see what all of the excitement is about. Thank you.